Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Welcome to If You Know Mary, You Know Jesus. Good evening, everyone. My name is Bob Cantoni, and I'm here with my co-host, Robert. How are you, Robert? Very well, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's Holy Week, and uh, Robert and I decided to present to you a beautiful, beautiful meditation on the scourging of our Lord that is follows with uh, a Franciscan spirituality, and uh, it's got its approval and imprimatur by Bishop Danilak. And I really think uh, you're going to appreciate this. And, and my prayer for everyone is that this meditation will help us to grow closer to our Lord, but also to, to, to see and recognize what he suffered for all of us and what he is suffering for, the sins of the world. And not to take it in a light of, of um, harshness, but as a means to bring us closer to the heart of Jesus, because we will, and, and we ask you, Lord, to help us to recognize how much you love us and and uh, what you are willing, you, you gave us everything, Jesus, everything. So, and my prayer is that uh, this beautiful meditation for Holy Week will help to bring those that hear it closer to your most sacred heart and, and the heart of God the Father. So anyways, um, yeah, it's Holy Week, and uh, we've been... Uh, long waited for this time. Easter Sunday is coming up, but it's it's a great time to meditate on the passion. And uh, and, and I and Robert is going. He, Robert and I are going to take part in reading this beautiful meditation uh, for all. And to, why don't we begin with a prayer, Robert? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Dear Immaculate Mother, we beg your intercession. We ask you to come with St. Joseph in a powerful way and help us to participate and accompany Jesus on his way of the cross. One of the greatest mysteries is his scourging and what he suffered during the scourging, and it was probably one of his greatest sufferings. I can't even imagine. So we ask you, Lord, to help us with your grace to understand what you went through and what you want us to gain through meditating on your passion in this, in this regard. So we ask you, dear Mother, to use me and Robert as your instrument. We call upon the intercession of St. Francis in a very powerful way because this truly is his spirituality, and how I believe he would present it to us. St. Joseph, intercede for us in a powerful way with all the holy angels and saints and souls in purgatory. May this prayer, this meditation, bring us closer to God and bring us closer to our eternal home in holiness so that we can love God with our whole being, body, mind, soul, and spirit, so that we can love our neighbor as God loves us for his greater honor and glory, good of souls, and agree with the church. So how, how should we begin? I, why don't I take the first part, Robert, and then uh, I'll have you take over. And then if the Holy Spirit puts anything on your heart or on, our, on my heart, well, then we'll, we'll, we'll pause for a minute and we'll talk about it. How, how's that sound? It sounds very good, Robert. Okay. So this is titled The Scourging of Our Lord. 
And then the, Tom, the Robert, gospel. What, when we start with the, uh, the uh, when you start, Robert, um, start with the sign of the cross. Um, okay, very sure. important to do that. Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, Amen. The scourging of our Lord, and then it's taken from John's. This line is taken from John's Gospel, chapter nineteen, verse one. Then therefore Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. Pontius Pilate knew that the Jewish leaders had one had a one track mind, and that was to crucify our Lord. But Pontius Pilate did not want this, for he believed that our Lord was innocent of the charges that were brought forth against him. Thus perhaps if the crowds would see our Lord torn and bleeding, this would satisfy their thirst for our Lord's precious blood. My brothers, Pontius Pilate proclaimed the innocence of our Lord. Then he ordered him to be punished and hoped that the sight of his precious blood would be enough to free our Lord. Without a doubt, Pontius Pilate was guilty of the scourging, not only of an innocent man, but the divine Son of God. My brothers, scourging was set aside for only the worst of worst criminals. This form of extreme punishment was recognized and approved by the law of Moses. The law was clear, and the scourging was regulated and restricted. Thus, only the most serious offenders would be subject to it. Although there were strict limitations on how many lashes one could receive according to the measure of the sin, this would determine how many lashes one could receive. But even the worst sinner would receive no more than 40 lashes. Lest thy brother depart shame, shamefully torn before thy eyes. Moses did not want to take away the dignity of even the worst sinner. Thus, he was recognized he recognized the severity of scourging and how horrifying it truly was because more than 40 lashes, 40 strikes, would not only shamefully tear the flesh, but possibly also take the life of the sinner. My brothers and sisters, you know that it was not only the hand of the Jews that our Lord would be scourged, but by the brutality of the Roman soldiers who were not under the law of the Jews, and by the orders of Pontius Pilate, the scourge of our Lord, the Roman soldiers were eager to please him. But you must understand, the devil himself encouraged them to torture our Lord in extreme proportions, knowing if he could break our Lord, he would have his way with souls. The devil knew that the scourging was considered extremely brutal and degrading, so much so that no one but slaves were subject to it. But our Lord's love was greater and he would offer himself to every brutal scourge that would come for our sins. How sad it is to know... Go ahead, Robert. Go ahead. How sad it is to know that our Lord suffered the torture of scourging for our sins, and yet he is forgotten by so many. In great sadness, I tell you, the world has journeyed far from the crucifixion. For you see, my brothers and sisters, the world desires to be entertained rather than to look upon our Lord and what he had to suffer for us. How many times do you hear others speaking about worldly things that are, that are either sin or lead to sin? And how many times do you hear anyone speaking of the physical cruelty inflicted on our Lord? 
Even in the Holy Church, our Lord's sufferings are rarely emphasized enough. And what was the purpose for him to suffer so horrifyingly? You must understand the great sacrifice of our Lord, or your faith is dead. I tell you, he did not endure it for himself, but for you and for me. Is it too much for our Lord to expect you to contemplate on the passion that he has endured for us? If a man were to save you from a fire that consumed your house, would he not be placed in your memory that he risked his own life for you? I tell you, our Lord sacrificed far greater and more costly than anyone could for you. He was prepared to suffer even more than his barbaric enemies could deliver. Our Lord suffered beyond the word of suffering through no fault of his own, but for our sins. Yet so few even take time to contemplate on his passion. Has the world become so detached from God that they do not remember our Lord's sacrifice? Many have become so busy within their life that they set God aside to fulfill their own will and desires. For those who live this way are far from our Lord. You must ask yourself, what purpose does the atonement of our sins serve when we do not renounce your own sins? The Lord came into this world to free us from the snares of sin, yet you cling unto your sins as if they were the pearl of great price. I tell you, for you to for you to befit from for you to benefit from the passion you must reflect upon it and utilize the sacrament of reconciliation to renounce your sins then you must fight against the worldly crowds who have become christ killers you must become christ lovers who will seek to do the will of god and not allow him to become secondary within your life the lord has laid down upon himself the iniquities of all of us he was wounded for our iniquities he was bruised for our sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. Amen. I just want to just interject briefly. Um, I, he, this is addressing as, um, uh, you know, when, when the spirit of St. Francis is speaking, that includes me and Robert as well. He speaks it, he's speaking to all when he says, you must become Christ lovers and so forth. Or you must, you see, I just want to make that clear because that includes us. And um, Yes, Robert. Yes. Yes. And, I, and because I'm just as guilty as everyone else um, in crucifying our Lord and scourging our Lord with our sins. My brothers, journey with me that you might feel the suffering that our Lord endured for us. Stand beside me with the utmost sorrow and love for our Lord, that we may see the bitter suffering and sorrow of our Lord as he is scourged at the pillar. Our Lord is stripped of his dignity as they strip him of his garments. As we look around, we can feel and see the excitement in the air as they bind our Lord's hands and bind him to the pillar. How can one who is so loved be seen as the guilty? How can this one, who is God and true man, be treated as a common criminal? 
worthy of the punishment of the harshest criminals. How we so love him, yet the world despises him and spits at him, mocks him, and desires his flesh to be torn into shreds. Yet this is the hour of passion, and we must stand to witness it. We cannot run away or hide behind the crowd, for we belong to him, and without him we will surely be deserving of the fires of hell. Now, our Lord is made ready to be scourged. The Roman soldiers placed out their barbaric weapons. They are made of leather tongs and each tipped with a lead that will pierce through the flesh like a sharp knife going through soft butter. In my sorrow, my heart pounds within my chest, as so too should yours, for I know that it is my sins that shall cause him to suffer the first scourge. Our Lord looks upon the crowd with love and compassion, yet the crowd responds with mockery and anger. He sees us and takes consolation that we are willing to be with him in these hours of the bitter passion. The first scourge has not come, not even come, and I can barely hold back the tears, for my heart is overwhelmed with love for him, one who is willing to suffer what I am truly deserving of one who is willing to shed his blood and his life for us. There is no greater love than one who will lay down his life for a friend, but our Lord will endure far worse sufferings than death itself. For the weight of the sins, our sins that have, com- that have come upon him, have already caused enormous suffering to the Savior, who is sinless and spotless. Yet he was made sin for us, as he has taken on the sins of the world by no sins of his own, but the sins that we have committed. The Jewish leaders urge on the crowd that is gathered to see the scourging. We see the Roman soldier lift his arm for the first time with a look of Satan in his own eyes. You can see the great strength in the Roman soldier's arm as he brings back his, his weapon to scourge our Lord. The first blow comes. I try to look away and I see our Lord's mother as she falls to her knees as if she received the scourge too. She looks towards us and our eyes meet and tears fall from our eyes as the silent and immaculate mother has entered into the hours of her sorrow. She tries to get to her feet and she falls again to her knees as if a sword has just pierced through her most sorrowful heart. We can see her whisper to our glorious God, let it be done according to your will. We are now shaking to the core of our soul. We know of the outcome. But when we are there, it is reality and should always be profoundly placed in our memory and never cast out of our hearts for what we have witnessed we look back towards our Savior, our sweet Jesus, and blood streaks down his face and his body. We we cry out in the silence of our love, O divine Savior from my heart, I pity thee torn and bleeding under the cruel lashings. It is hard to stand and watch what is occurring because of our own sins but we must understand the sufferings that sin causes. 
Another blow comes and flesh flies from his sacred body and reaches us. The precious blood of our Lord is upon us. It is all about us. It is why he is shedding it. For us as individuals, for it is not he who deserves to suffer. It is us. It is you and I for the many times that you and I have failed by the means of sin. Thus you cannot look away. You must remember what you have done to our Lord and what I, I must look, not look away either for what I have done to our Lord. It should be in, embedded within our minds what our sufferings have done to our Lord. Do you love me? He calls out to us. And many times we have turned our back on him. How much suffering have we caused our Lord in the unforgettable scourging? Yet many of us turn our backs on him. Blow after blow, the flesh is being torn from all parts of his sacred body. Discouraging is so severe, severe and devastating. It is slicing through the flesh, cutting deeply into his bone. Yet so many refuse to change, even knowing what our Lord has done for us. They wander through their lives. And sometimes I wander through my life in total disarray. They willingly enter into sin. Thus the scourging must be even more severe. So blow and blow comes again. So many blows that the number of it is uncountable. For no one can look at the mangled body of our Lord. There is so much blood loss, the precious blood loss, that it looks like a slaughterhouse. Most of the bystanders who are close to the scourging have now become covered by the precious blood of our Lord. So much so that it has saturated their clothing. Do you look away? For you have caused it. Don't you put the blame on others when the blame belongs to us. Our pride, our envy, our jealousy, our slothfulness, our unwillingness to forgive, our stubbornness, and our worldliness have caused the scourging at the pillar. Do not look away. Look to our Lord's sorrow and compassion. As we look toward him, our Lord looks up, and we can see how severe his suffering is. We want to weep, but the tears do not come. We want to run to him, but we are paralyzed by our own lives. We want to comfort him, but we are concerned of our own comfort. Blow after blow as the flesh is flying from our Lord. I am, too, suffering the scourging with him. We are, too. Can you, can we not enter into it? Too many brothers and sisters, or has your, or our heart, has our hearts become as stone as many of this world's hearts have become? Scourge after scourge, how can he still be alive? The ground is like a lake of the precious blood, or more like an ocean. Even the crowd that was once cheering, now many weep in the horror of the scourging. Our Lord falls from the blood loss. It would be easy for us to believe that he is dead, considering the blood loss. But he who is our Lord is not only flesh and blood, 
but the living Son of the Most High God, who came into this world to save us from being enslaved by sin, so that we could receive through his mercy and passion the kingdom of heaven. My brothers and sisters, because of the brutalness of the scourging and the great precious blood loss, our Lord undoubtedly had to call on his divine nature just to survive this horrifying scourging. We are all witnessing. The soldiers stop for a moment to catch their breath as our Lord is hanging from the pillar. No one could fault our Lord if he did not get back to his feet. No one could fault him. As our Lord is hanging from the pillar, our Lord looks up. And he sees us standing there. He looks into our eyes and our soul. And he sees our grievous sins, past, present, and future. And he struggles to his feet, and the blows begin again. How can one have so much love for me? How can one have so much love for us? How can one have so much love for you that he would take blow after blow, extraordinary blow, after blow for us, for you and for me, as if we were the only sinners upon the earth? He sorrowed, we become. How sorrowed we become when he looks upon us and we know of our failures, yet we do nothing. I am sorrowed by my sins that have grieved you, Lord. Look not on my weakness, but on the love that I have for you. Know that I will seek to do your will, no matter what it costs me. It is it very, is very hard, hard to look at our Lord. Sure, Robert, go ahead. It is very hard to look at our Lord for the horrifying scourges that left him unrecognizable. You try to look away, for the tears are now within your eyes. And your eyes meet with our Lord's mother who is now upon her knees, as if she too had received each of the scourges that her son received. A tear falls from your eye and one from hers. Then in unison you both look back to her sweet Jesus. The sorrow that dwells within her heart now becomes your sorrow as the scourges continue. There are so many scourges upon our old Lord that it is hard to look at him and remember the love that he has for each one of us. And now with you brutally scourge him with our sins, we so much so that he is unrecognizable. With the scourges ever end, runs through your mind. You want to run to him and cover him with your own body, yet your sins keep you paralyzed. Blow after blow continues, yet our Lord cries out, true God and true man, the Lamb of the Lamb of sacrifice for us. With indignity the scourges continue. The flesh is gone, exposing his precious rib bone. In trembling we look at him and see the reality of sin. Our hearts are crying, for we know the kindness and love that our Lord is showing for us is greater than his own life. His hope for us is what causes him to persevere through this massive scourging. My brothers and sisters, I tell you, all our Lord would have to do is raise his arm to heaven and say no more. And the Roman soldiers that were scourging him would be paralyzed. He could have called down legions of angels destroying all of his persecutors. Yet he only desired to love, of love that is not able to be understood. For his love was for souls. 
His love was for the greatest sinners. Thus he allowed himself to be the sacrificial lamb taking all his sin to the cross. His mercy is for us unlimited, revealed by the number of the scourges he endured for us. After a great length of time, the scourging stopped, not because they reached a certain number of scourges. They stopped only because the Roman soldiers were totally exhausted. Our Lord is now hanging down from the pillar in an ocean of his own blood. How dare we even look at him, knowing that it is our sins that have done this dirty deed, this horrific deed, this horrifying, massive scourging. It is not enough that he is shamefully scourged, but he is scourged beyond recognition. Yet he still has the strength to look up at us and pierce into our hearts the suffering that he has endured for us. We must look upon him in great sorrow and know that this is the consequence of sin. It is undeniable that sin is so offensive to the Almighty God and yet must seek with all your strength to avoid it at all costs. You're going to repeat that one line again. Oh, my, um, it is okay. undeniable that sin is so offensive to the Almighty God that you and I must seek with all our strength to avoid it at all costs. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us, and I call upon all the holy angels and saints to please help us to avoid sin at all costs. My brothers, many times, brothers and sisters, are blind and refuse to recognize the great sacrifice of our Lord as he has laid down his own life for us. I call you to contemplate upon two views in this great horrifying event of the scourging. First, you must contemplate on the onlookers, that they were the witness to this evil deed. The beating was so severe that it should be considered diabolical. The affliction given by the Roman soldiers who were eager to please Pontius Pilate is etched in every mind of the onlookers and will not be forgotten by those who witnessed it as they come before the Lord at the moment of their death. How sorrowed must it have been for those who encouraged this horrifying beating to come before our Lord and see that he is the Lord, the ruler of salvation, one could not understand the trembling that they must have gone through to see our Lord standing there at their hour of judgment. But you must recognize this and understand that you and I, too, shall come before the Lord. Will you and I be like those who encourage discouraging, or will you and I be the ones silent in prayer with the humility of Our Lady, the Great Mother of God, as your guiding light upon the path that leads to the kingdom of heaven? Many in today's world are encouraging the scourging with their unrepentant ways, without remorse. They lay sin upon sin upon our Lord and refuse to reject what is truly evil. Thus, the period in which we are living gave to our Lord the greatest amount of scourging, for he who is true God and true man would sacrifice his own life for the greatest sinner, which many of us have become. It was easy for those who witnessed the scourging to etch it in their minds. But the second view that we, we must take is the view that I have given you. It is the view from your heart and only can come become reality 
when you are fully ready to embody the passion of our Lord Christ Jesus. You must remember what our Lord had to endure for us in the moment of your of our temptations. It is not good enough to rely on our own strength, nor to rely on the strength of our, our own heart. There must be a motivation to keep keep us from it, from sin that leads to the fires of hell. So when we are tempted to enter into sin, I call to I call to you as brothers and sisters of concern, look to our Lord as he is being scourged beyond recognition for the sins of the world. Call to your memory at the, memory at the moment of your temptation to sin, discouraging at the pillar. As our Lord looks up from the scourge and he looks into your eyes and he look, looks of con- the concern for you, and I tell you that it is, it is us that he looks at not our brother and sister, it is us. And in the midst of his suffering, he utters words, barely being able to speak for the suffering and the pain that he's enduring. Do you love me? It is your action that tells our Lord his answer. Thus you can see the the reality of how few really love him. Even many of those who claim to love him will one day come before him at the hour of death and say, I love you, Lord. And the Lord will respond, You have loved sin more than you have loved me. Depart from me, for you have loved the flesh and have cast me aside to be scourged. You have come to me with an unrepentant heart and hope I would not be reality. But thou know I am and you shall receive what you have earned. You have honored the devil by avoiding the issues that have offended my father profoundly. I have been scourged by every abortion, by every lie, by every murder, by those who have stolen. I have been scourged by those who slander, by those who have bore false witness. For sin upon sin I have been scourged, and yet so few remember why I was scourged. There are so many events that have taken the shape of evil, and you dismiss dismiss them because they do not involve you. You call me Lord, Lord, and yet I do not even know you. If you love me, at the very least, you would have voided the near occasion of sin. At the very least, this would have shown me Though you are weak, you do love me. My brothers and sisters, how sad it is that so, so many have rejected our Lord's love for one another, for another. How sad it is that when you seek to do the will of God, you have many times rejected. You are many times rejected. Those who are open to the divine will of God can see that this period in which you are living is a time of great heresy where the faith is being stripped, where mankind is being offered up to their own passions as they did to our Lord at discouraging. You must not be surprised that this period in which you are living obtained the most courages for our Lord. Sin is more rampant than ever before, and like a jewel being hidden in the dark, many believe they can hide their sins. Thus many of their sins going unrepented, 
darkening their soul of the immorality life, immortal life that dwells within them. My brothers, without God, there is no meaning of life. And without the passion, there is no meaning to obtain salvation. My brothers and sisters, you must understand God does not tamper with the free will. Thus the world is being tormented by their own passions. Evil has taken hold of many, and they have decided to cast God out of their lives, or at least, at the very least, they seek to hold on to God in their own way, not the way God intends one to live. Thus their own passions will lead many to their own destruction, and there will be many who will be scourged by their own life. Not as the Lord was scourged, for no one could be scourged so horrifyingly. But as a nation separating themselves from God himself, they will be scourged. My brothers and sisters, I bring you back to the scourging. Our Lord is being tortured to extreme proportions. If you and I could, would you and I take his place? Or would you and I find reasons why you and I would not? Would you and I be willing to take his place out of love for him? Would you and I be willing to take the scourge after scourge, not for any sins of yours, of, of yours or mine, but for the sins of your brothers and my brothers? Would you and I be willing to be mocked, ridiculed, spit upon, and torn to shreds by the scourging? I ask you this, for this is what he has done for you and I, and have you and I repaid him with our indignant ways? O oh Lord, how sore we become when we are cowards to speak. For in your bitter passion, thou hast shown a courage that goes beyond all mankind. All that defines the world, word of word love, and thou hast become the man of sorrows, as thou hast taken upon my sins, my sins that have grieved you, that have scourged you, that have caused you to lay there in a pool of your precious blood. And yet I have fear to even utter your name among many unbelievers. Give me the grace and the courage that you demonstrated at the hour of your scourging, that I might be an instrument of your passion, that I might be a light that leads to you. We give you thanks, O Lord, for your great courage on our behalf. Let me never deny what you have done for me, nor ever look away, lest if I look away, I could fall into the midst of darkness, never to receive your light that leads to salvation. My brothers, you must reflect on our Lord, and as he knew all he was to receive in the hour of scourging. For if we saw all the sufferings that would come unto, unto us, not for our own wrongdoings, but others, would you and I reject this suffering and flee to escape from it? Perhaps you and I would say, would, would we suffer it? But I tell you, you and I would not, for fear would cause us to flee the great sufferings. But our Lord, who knew of the great suffering to come and how brutal it would be and would have preferred it to, not to come, knew if he had not suffered, if he did not suffer for the omission of our sins, we would all be lost. Thus he cried out, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will be done, but thy will be done. 
looking at our Lord, who has just been scourged beyond the number that anyone has or will be scourged. His body is shredded, and his precious blood and flesh lay upon the ground. The sword that pierced our soul from mother's heart has now pierced ours. For without our hearts becoming pierced by the same sword that pierced our holy soul from mother's heart, we can never become a man of great sorrow, which saints are called to be. You can never come to we can never come to realize of what sin has done to our Lord. Saints do not look away from what confronts them. They willfully challenge themselves to avoid the near occasion of sin, for they are constantly reminding themselves of what sin cost our Lord at discouraging. You look up and see the Jewish leaders. You would believe that they would flee, would feel the pain of our Lord, yet you see that this is not this is untrue you see the jewish leaders and you are bewildered for how can one so blessed by god be his own persecutors you would believe that they would recognize him the one who came down from heaven to free them from the bondage of sin you would believe that they would recognize our lord since they have been waiting for our lord to come yet the loss of their their political status would cause them to deny our Lord. The inordinate love of power causes the Jewish leaders to stay steadfast in blindness, so much so that they were led by their own self-interest and refused the evidence that revealed that he is the son of the Most High God. Thus, even after they saw the horrifying scourging and the sufferings of our Lord went through, they still wanted our Lord to be crucified, that they would retain their status. How much sorrow must have come to our Lord's heart when he saw the Jewish high priest witnessing the scourging with no repentance in their hearts. You would believe it would, be, would have been enough to see the brutal, brutal scourging, for it was so brutal that he was unrecognizable and without a doubt he had to call his, on his divine nature just to survive it. Yet when our Lord was found to be still alive, it infuriated them, and they would soon order the crowd to order his crucifixion. And like a sheep being led to the slaughterhouse, they did what the chief priests had asked them. How sad it is that one can be swayed to do wrong as reality did not even exist. One may question, how can one be led into such darkness as to call for the crucifixion of our Lord? Thus I answer you to answer to you, throughout history, evil men have risen to power that have caused tremendous suffering. Those who seek worldly power will do, say, or promise anything to do it, to obtain it, even if they have to come against God himself. When, who, when one who is evil obtains power over people, they can bring wars of great destruction. They can cause nations to be separated from God, worthy of God's punishment. They can place into law the abomination of abortion that has scourged our Lord terribly. They can eliminate prayer from your schools and assemblies. They can promote even abominations that come against our Lord and many follow. There can be no wonder why the world will be scourged with punishment. How blind many have become. Crucify him. Crucify him. 
so many who have obtained power cry out, Crucify him. Crucify him. Though not by their words, but by their actions. The high priests wish to obtain their worldly status. Thus our Lord becomes a threat to the high priests who are politically connected. And with their actions, they cast down our Lord to be crucified. When a nation's leader casts down our Lord for self-gain, it comes with a wave of suffering. Look how the Jewish people have been allowed to suffer. They are waiting on the Lord to come, to set them free. Yet he has come, and they refuse to recognize him. And so we all refuse to recognize him. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters, for even after the horrifying scourging, you and I still can recognize him within our hearts. Through our sins, though our sins have added to the number of scourges, he recognizes our love that you and I have for him. Brothers and sisters, you and I cannot let our Lord's scourging pass from our memories. It should always encourage us to endure with patience and humility any trial or tribulation that should confront us, whether it be on the spiritual level, physical or mental, and it would be good for us to practice this. When you and I deserve gratification for doing good unto others, seek to deprive ourselves of it. We should seek to deprive ourselves of it. Speak not of the works that you and I have done well. Offer this as an act of penance and atonement for the scourges that you and I have caused our Lord, especially the sins of the flesh that caused our Lord so very dearly to suffer. My brothers and sisters, our Lord denied his own will for us as he suffered the scourging. Thus, it, it would be good for us to do the same. You and I should practice self-denial, for this is so evidently lacking in the world today. Our Lord lays upon the ground for us, bloodied by the scourging. His precious blood spatters all around us, lest you and I should not allow our lives to become a place of comfort, of self, but a place of self-denial that unselfishly gives of oneself. For this is what our Lord has done for us. Self-denial and mortification is what strips us of the things of this world and allows us to be open to those blessings that God seeks to give to all of us. My brothers and sisters, you and I must always ask ourselves, how can I take pleasure in the very sin for which our Lord was bitterly scourged? It is a question that you and I must all ask ourselves every time we find ourselves entering into sin. Are we going to call for our Lord's scourging to continue? Or are we going to kneel down beside our Blessed Mother and be his consoler? We have taken, I take you to your life, for you now have blocked out for a time. When you and I awake, will we find a scourging instrument in our hands? Are you and I going to scourge him with our sins? Or are you and I going to take, a wa take, take and wash away our sins in his precious blood and cleanse his wounds with, your, with our tears? It is our free will that we will decide this. You and I can be one of the crowd who calls for his scourging, his crucifixion, or you and I can be one of the ones who loves him with the precious love that our Blessed Mother 
has for him. Would, Would you, you like, like me to read this? Okay. Sure, go ahead. Yes. Forgive us, O Lord, for we are weak and our sins have scourged you. Let our life change more fully. Let our temptation descend fast from our hearts and guide us along the path that leads to the kingdom of heaven. Allow our tears to be tears of sincerity, not a love that is on the surface, but a love that is profoundly in, the, in our hearts. Teach us how to love, how to become lovers of self-denial, that, I, that we may comfort you in these painful hours of discouraging. In thy bitter scourging, I do recognize thy infinite love, and I long to love thee. Teach me how to love, that I may never decide for love of this world ever again. Amen. Amen. And that concludes the scourging. This reminds me, Robert, of The Passion. Uh, Mel Gibson's the movie The Passion. And it gives a glimpse of the um, the uh, the magnitude, if you will, or the intensity of the scourging. And it certainly was intense in that movie, but it really should be an eye-opener for us all. And why would Jesus, why would God permit himself to undergo such torment for us if sin were not a horrible thing? Why would he do that? Of course it is. Sin has, has put our Lord to death, has ripped him to shreds, and he's given us a glimpse into that so that hopefully it penetrates our heart and that we can see the horribleness of our sin. That's why he permitted himself for it to happen to himself. But he's a call to love him, not to scourge him. It's a call to renounce the will of the flesh and the devil and all of our sins and to love him by doing the will of God and following in his every footsteps because he's calling all of us to eternal life. And if you look throughout all of Scripture, Jesus is constantly, constantly trying to get us to snap out of it. He's constantly saying to Judas, Friend, you would betray the Son of Man with a kiss? It's a call to snap out of it, an invitation to recognize who it is that we're singing against. He said to Judas again, one of you is about to betray me. And Judas said, looked at him and said, surely it is not I. Are we like Judas? Plotting against our Lord in that way? But Jesus is constantly trying to get us to snap out of it. He's constantly pointing out our faults but calling us to wake up. So we should look at this and look at the passion as a wake-up call and so that we could pray to our Lord that he would bring us to a conversion of heart and put us on the road that leads to eternal life. Robert, we have a few more minutes. Did you want to uh, carry on maybe yeah, perhaps with something? I would like to say one thing. I remember one time um, I, I was at uh, um, my my cousin's funeral, and there were many people there from AA and things like that. She was involved in AA, and I said, "Dear Lord," I said, um, "I said somehow can you have blessings flow upon the children that are here at this funeral, you know, and bless them, you know?" Mm-hmm. So I figured I would do the Stations of the Cross, and doing the Stations of the Cross prior, I was there like a half hour earlier. Um, all of a sudden, one child came up, and he says, what are you doing? 
So I explained to her all the situa- everything on the first station. And I said, would you like to do the stations with me? And she says, yes. Well, all of a sudden, another little child came up and says, what are you doing? And so by the time I finished, like, the seventh station, there was, like, seven children were around me. And the priest came over and said, are you Robert? And I said, yes. He goes, you're doing the stations. And I said, yes, Father. But I asked Our Lady, and she granted it and moved these little children's hearts because they're so pure. Well, I should say they're not accountable because very few are taught. But, but, but I was thinking about that. And even in the situation of, of living out our life, how few do the stations throughout the whole year. But the only thing I wanted to say is in preparation for confession, we should always spend like an hour because if you know what sin does, and I know what sin does, and I do spend quite a bit of time before each confession, but meditating on the passion and meditating on whether it be sins of the flesh or, or impure thoughts or whatever they may be, uh, to, 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 to enter into the passion, to enter into the scourging. In this way, um, 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 do that for quite a while and prepare and do say a good act of contrition when someone comes come to your heart and ask God for the gift of contemplation when you are um, um, doing the station so he can reveal to us because we don't see our faults, but God yeah. will reveal them to, to us. So if we have that little inkling, whatever we say, an act of contrition, and then go into confession, and then you'll have a sincere confession like the prayer earlier had said, and you'll leave that confessional. And that priest that hears your confession will be moved to it because of the sincerity of that confession. So it, it helps the church. And there's been times, too, the priests, I've noticed their sermons <laughs> afterwards, a day after or whatever, and I noticed that they'll be proclaiming something prior similar to to what we had spoken about. And the other thing I should say is ask guidance, too, from the priest, but pray for the priest prior that he be enlightened so so it's Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Um, Amen. Amen. Very nice, Robert. Very good reflection. Yeah, and um, I I would also add, if I may, um, that when we meditate on the passion of our Lord, don't be afraid. It really... I don't know how many times I do the stations across and I experience more joy. I experience joy because the Lord is filling my heart with his love. And he's also giving me the grace to strengthen me so that I could I could diminish and eliminate the sin in my life. And you know, and even if our even our fallen nature, you know, we recognize sin and we're struggling, and we continue to struggle. Just keep bringing it back to the confessional, keep bringing it to our Lord at the foot of the cross, and He'll bestow His great mercy upon us. He, he never fails, never fails. So there's where you'll find the merciful love of God, and by meditating on His passion, accompanying Joseph and Mary on the way of the cross, I guarantee you, our Lord is so pleased. And he will tell his father that these glorify my passion because they are accepting and embracing my merciful love, which I so suffered for. I suffered, Father, and I offered up my suffering so that you could give them and grant them your merciful love in place of the just punishment. And I took that just punishment upon myself so that I could bestow my great mercy upon the sinner. That's really what it's all about. This is what, what Lent is all about. It's to bring us closer to our Lord 
and, and to have a deep, deep encounter with his mercy, because that's really truly what transforms our lives, is his merciful love. So, Robert, what do you say? I, I mean, uh, we have perhaps about 10 more minutes, maybe 15. Are, are you, would you be able to accomplish uh, those other readings? And, and if so, I'm going to hand the whole floor over to you because I do not have the, the paperwork. Or did you want to do it for another show? Well, I can, uh, well, they, yeah, I can read uh, The Crown of the Thorns. It's only a couple pages here. And this okay, is very great. important, too, because it is about the sins of the mind that are, mo- that are the most unconfessed sins. This is very, very important. So I, I can read yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. The crowning, with, the crowning of thorns. And stripping him, they put a scarlet cloak about him and plaited the crown of thorns. They put it upon his head in a reed in his right hand. And bowing the knee before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And spitting upon him, they took the reed and struck his head. Matthew 27, 27 through 30. My brothers and sisters, you would believe that the devastating scourging would be would have been enough punishment inflicted by the uh, the Roman soldiers, but for as holy as our Lord is, the devil wanted him inflicted with every punishment possible that for, that the force of evil could have inflict upon him. Thus, discouraging would only be the beginning of the horrifying physical punishment due to no sin of his own but by our sins would he have to suffer. To the Roman soldiers, Jesus was just another Jew, no more than a Jewish man. But they knew of his charges, and with their brutality, they stripped him, scourged him, and mocked him with a crown of thorns. These Roman soldiers were relentless in their mockery. They made sport of him in a mockery of his kingship. How sorrowed we should be seeing our Lord so bitterly tortured. We are witness to what our sins have done to him. They have stripped the all-high God in the most immoral way. His sacred body is covered with open wounds. Much of his sacred flesh is gone. And you can tell just, just to touch him would bring him agony. But these Roman soldiers did not care that he was suffering and made him the sport of their mockery. They found a scarlet's cloak and threw it over our Lord's lacerated shoulders. My brothers and sisters, just picture him. Look at him, so bitterly scourged, yet he cries not. The pain is, is immense, yet he utters not a sound. We can see his patience. I'm sorry. We can see his patience to endure such shameful mockery. The sorrow within his eyes tell us that he is the man of sorrows who willfully would be scourged and crowned and crucified for our sins. There is a crowd looking at our Lord. Once many of them adored him, and now they speak with such hatred in their voice. Yes, our Lord becomes the man of sorrows, yet his love drives him on. Look at him, my brothers and sisters, for he is standing next to us. One of the Roman soldiers find a crown, a thorn bush, and t- 
take a sword and cut it down and weave it into a crown of thorns. And in a sign of great mockery, he places it on our Lord's head. And many of the soldiers laugh. And another Roman soldier places a reed in his hand that is bloodied from the scourging. Then in a show of complete mockery and lack of respect, they kneel before him and salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they rise to their feet and begin to spit upon his face. And one of the Roman soldiers takes the reed from his hand and strikes his crown of thorns, penetrating them deep into his skull. It is written that some of the thorns penetrated his sacred skull, wounding him mortally. Thus he would have to call upon the divine nature again to survive the crowning of thorns. How sad it is that the man of sorrows demonstrates such love and care for them who now want him dead. My brothers and sisters, how sad it is that no one can recognize him in this great moment of suffering. The brutality is immense. The Roman soldiers were like men being possessed by the evil one. They continued to beat our Lord. Blow after blow came down upon our Lord's our sacred face. You, your eyes search the crowd and you see our Holy Mother on her knees, tears streaming down her face. She has become the mother of sorrows and is witness to the worst of the worst brutality. She sees the battle between good and evil and she surrenders her sorrow to prayer. Thus in our sorrow we must do the same. My brothers and sisters, I call you to look upon our Lord. What is our Lord teaching in the crowning of thorns? Undoubtedly, every suffering has a purpose. Gaze upon our, our beaten Lord. It is amazing that he is still alive. It would be easy for us to understand if our Lord commanded a legion of angels to paralyze the Roman soldiers. My brothers and sisters, look at him and be amazed by the love that he has for all mankind. Remember, God the Father had already shown him all that he would have to suffer for our redemption. Seeing all that he would have to suffer, many would have refused to suffer, yet not our Lord. He's willing to suffer even more if it meant more souls to be saved. So he offered himself as the sacrificial lamb. No greater love than one who lays down his life for a friend. But our Lord has done it far more. He has laid down his life for our sins, that we may have an opportunity to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is difficult for, for us to understand his love for us, for it is a de defining love, unlimited and unending. So if he had to suffer beyond the word of suffering, he would and did. How precious our Lord is as he allows the Roman soldiers to place upon his head the crown of thorns. The pain that must have come from the crowning of thorns would have killed most men. Yet the crowning of thorns, our Lord cried out not. Thus his silence speaks volumes to us. Even in the midst of the devastating afflictions of the crowning of thorns, he expresses it with patience and silence. How many times we find ourselves being ridiculed do we strike back in anger or when when we feel that we are being mistreated do we seek to injure another with our words and how little patience do we have in bearing with one another 
When things become difficult, many of us become impatient and get voice stress. Many of us say, I will sacrifice for another, and I tell you, your words are in vain. If we do not place our words into actions, look upon our Lord and ask thyself, was our Lord at the mercy of the Roman soldiers and had no way to help himself? The answer is definitely no. For our Lord is God made flesh. Thus, we can be assured that he submitted himself to the crowning of thorns to teach us an important message. Amen. Amen. Yes, and that, I believe, will give us uh, an ample amount to meditate on the passion of our Lord and the benefits. Keep in mind the great benefits because when we um, come to our Lord and meditate on his passion alongside our Lady and St. Joseph and whatever saints are your favorite saints and the angels, we comfort him because we came and he wants to show us, he wants to show us that he's doing this for you and I. And one last thought before we close out tonight is to mention you know, the Jewish, the Pharisees, the Jewish people, the Jewish priests, and also mention the Romans and mention the other people, you know, just the basic people, the, the society. But it's not just the Jewish priests that crucified our Lord. It's not just the Roman soldiers. And we don't, And I want to make it clear that we're not saying that. What we are saying is these groups of people that were at the cross crucifying our Lord represents all of us. The Jewish priests might represent all of the clergy and the religious and, uh, you know, all of our, from the high-ranking officials down to the, um, the, uh, the, the, the lowest religious. And then the, the Roman soldiers, they represent all the politicians and all those in uh, uh, office, you name it, and, and civil um, authority. And then we have just the normal, ordinary people. That's us. But the whole idea is they represent all of us, and God wants us to say, point out which one do we identify with. Are we like the ones crucifying our Lord, or are we like the good thief that's hanging next to our Lord saying, Lord, I deserve this just punishment. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's humility. That's all of us. And God is waiting for us to embrace his mercy and just say, I'm sorry, Jesus, so that Jesus can bestow his incredible love and penetrate the, to the very core of our being and raise us up and promise us an eternal life. And so in Jesus' name we pray. Eternal Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your great sacrifice. We can't thank you enough, Lord. Can't even imagine what you suffered, but thank you, Jesus. Could not have done it without you. We thank you, dear Blessed Mother, for suffering along with our Lord and taking that sword of sorrow for, for our salvation as well that was united to the cross of Jesus. So in the holy name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I ask the, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to bless all of you abundantly during this holy week and have an incredibly blessed and glorious Easter. Amen. God bless. Amen. Hello, God's Beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul, 
and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.